Welcome to Rise Smile Films, the film review podcast that mixes cinema with fine spirits. Journey with us as we encounter new, old, and strange films with the occasional dabble into sports and music. Proceed with caution as these podcasts feature spoilers and some mature language. This is Matt. And this is Jesse. Today on tap, we have Zack Snyder's Justice League, again, <laughs> starring Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot, Ray Fisher, Jason Momoa, and Ezra Miller. Screenplay by Chris Terrio and directed by Zack Snyder. I would hope it was directed by him. This is his cut of the movie. That's right. Speaking of cuts, this is our third cut at the same pitch. Oh my it? gosh. Like, I don't know about you. I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little winded with this Justice League business, yeah. but welcome back to Rye Smile Films. It's time to dive into parts four through six and epilogue of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, like Matt said, yeah, this has been three weeks running, and it's just been varying quality and varying like stories, too. I mean, this new version has a lot more packed in there for a four-hour movie. That's the understatement of this podcast's life. <laughs> I'm going to say something crazy. Okay. Let's start off with a hot take off the bat. Okay. Is four hours too short? to do what he wants to do with the scope and scale of what this story could be. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about that because... Crazy. I think for me the answer is yes. What maybe. kind of a movie is this? Is it, well, we'll get we'll get into it, but I don't, I don't know if I want it to be longer than this. It has to be split up, I think, is the answer. Yeah, that's fair too. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to get into that, the, the runtime. But thank you for Mr. Uh, Tom Cruise Cocktail over here making us some more beverages. Uh, yeah reshaping the peanut butter whiskey. This is our own mother box creation with some <laughs> chocolate liqueur and some half. And this is delicious. Like, like we do this with a side of ice cream. Uh, mm. Starbucks had like an adult line of beverages. They could add this with some coffee. That'd probably be pretty good. A little bit better than Bailey's. Mm-hmm. And that's tough to do because neither one of us are fans of the screwball really. Mm-mm. Yeah. But I think, think we found a fun way to make it work. So cheers. Cheers. Yes. Here's to you. Here's to you, Ryan nation. Excellent. On the rocks. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, let's get this party started with our flight question. Excellent. Why don't you hit us with the flight question this week? Flight question this week is, as we just alluded to, the length and scope and and scale of this is so large. Mm -hmm. And maybe Zack Snyder's Justice League was a little too big for its britches. Right out of the womb. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) If we're using the infant analogy here. Don't forget that because... I want to talk about that later. I got a whole thing I want to go on with that. Too big for your britches. Yeah. All right, lock it down. It's in there. (laughs) We already forgot it. Oh, God. (laughs) One of the things that superhero movies do is give you a large volume of previously designed material that you can pull from. And the Justice League has been around for decades Mm -hmm. in different versions. But with the big three, a lot of those versions... So that's where we're going to start with our flight question. Because JLA, that's uh, that's Gardner Fox, right? 
like probably back in like the fifties, Justice League, Justice Justice Society of America, I think mm-hmm. was probably the first iteration of that. So, with the entire library of DC Comics and the Justice League at your disposal, you get to pick whatever story you like best, Jesse, and from that craft what this might have been if it hadn't been so grand and so big for its own britches. No your prob- best JLA story. No problem. Well. The one I had to pick was, you know, done by uh, artists known by Alex Ross. Uh-huh. You know, people have heard of him. I'm yeah. a big fan of his art. I kind of like beautiful. the hyper realism that he goes for. And I actually kind of saw like a behind the scenes of how he like painted Superman uh, with uh, like an actual like actor's likeness, mm. which was pretty cool. But the story I'm going with is one he was involved with from 20, uh, 2005 to 2007 called Justice. And the reason I'm picking it is it's essentially super friends, yeah. but it's essentially the Legion of Doom coming together. And I kind of liked this as a storytelling mechanism, you know, after they start having all these recurring nightmares, the, the villains, about a potential nuclear Armageddon uh, that the JLA uh, doesn't prevent. They kind of think that the League's overconfidence is going to get the best of them and kind of their own selfishness is like, we don't want to go out that way. We need to do our best to kind of take them out. So... I kind of like that motivation. You know what I mean? Let's take them out before that happens, so to speak. So you get Luther, Captain Cold, Scarecrow, Manta, Brainiac, Metello, Riddler. Like it's a, it's the, the King's ransom of villains. Awesome. And I like that because it's not like interplanetary yet. You know what I mean? They're like all earth villains and justice league has to come together to squash them. Now I haven't gotten to the weeds with that particular story to give you every detail, but that's the gist of it. We've talked a lot about the villains who come to destroy Earth and rule over rubble. Mm-hmm. This is, we don't want to rule over rubble, so let's keep it from becoming rubble. Exactly, by yeah, that's, that's different. And Amen <laughs> yeah. to that. Because this movie kind of becomes, let's destroy Earth to rule over rubble as well. Dark Side's plan. But uh, I think this question, you know, piqued my interest. I'm going to have to go track this thing down and, and, and read the whole thing. I hope it's in like a graphic novel uh, to, to really dive into. It's got to be. Yeah, I'm sure it is. You can find it. Mm-hmm. Um, good choice. Thank you. So I gave a lot of thought to Batman in this because he's the he's the linchpin of this his role mm-hmm. of Zack Snyder's story, right? And one of the things I kept going with was this collection of files that he had in his computer of various heroes. It lines up perfectly. You're talking about from the last movie, yeah? Okay. It lines up perfectly for. 2000s Tower of Babel, okay, written by Mark Waite. Mm. In that story, Ra's al Ghul gets into Batman's files and discovers all of the Justice League's weaknesses. Mm. And as they start to get picked off one by one by one, then the quest is, how did he find out about this? To then only reveal that it's none other than Batman himself. I think that lines up with where we kind of leave things off mostly up to the very end of Batman versus Superman. He's very, very anxious about these other world presences. And, and if he's got a digital file of Aquaman and one of flash and wonder woman, and we see them in action, it stands to reason that he would then collect the background information on these characters just in case. And just in case is loaded with Batman in this. So that's, that's where I'm going to go. And that, Tower gives, of Babel. and that gives him a good role to play and, and matters a whole lot more. I mean, we're going to get like Batman matters in this story in terms of 
putting together this team of of people and whatnot, but like we need him to like be an active participant when stuff really hits the fan. You know what I mean? And that's kind of been a bit of a sticking point with me with both iterations of this film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Have you, have you read that one? I have actually. Okay. It's quite good. And it leaves you at the end with him betraying the league and essentially his dismissal therein. Excellent. Excellent. Do you own it? Um, yes. If you do, you're going to have to let me borrow it. So I can take it out. Compadre. Any right. any uh consideration given? I remember you let me borrow this one too to Justice League versus the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> what a mess that it, was. It happened. It, it's a real comic, everybody. Yep. Could have been great. Waited for for years. Some interdimensional planetary being extracts the best of the heroes from each of those two universes and brings them at odds to fight. Uh, could have been so good, it's trash. <laughs> It's trash. It is. Everybody. It's trash. How do you miss that? I know, right? That's 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 the home run right there. It's like missing on Godzilla versus Kong. Ooh, oh man. So I hope not. <laughs> but excellent, man. I love Good your choices. choice. Yeah, like, Thanks. and you know what? And I think more people could go to town on you know these writers of these films could you know really try and you know dig through all of that mythology to you know come up with some different stories. You don't have to adapt it per se, but just take some things from them. I mean, I kind of the best example of that that I can think of recently was the Captain America Civil War film that isn't entirely the Civil War uh, comic book, but they found ways to make it work with the roster that they had created. Uh, and I thought that worked out pretty well for their uh, their their film. Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't. And there's certainly JLA stories that deal with Darkseid. Um, mm-hmm. The one that uh, I kind of gave some thought to with him is called, oh, what was it called? Um, it'll come to me. But it's around the same time that Tower of Babel was done. Rock of Ages is what it's called. Yeah. Rock of Ages. <laughs> I don't think that's a bad villain. And it's certainly... you were gonna say I don't think that's a bad song. It oh. isn't a bad song. I love Def Leppard. No, right. Um <laughs> that's funny. Nineteen ninety eight is when Rock of Ages was written, I believe. Okay, excellent. But you have to build up an understanding of the team dynamic and the characters in the team and the roles they fit before you take it to other dimensions. Exactly. Yeah, we're, we're doing all that in this film and some. Perfect and, lead-in. And some, some. And some, some. Excellent. Well, love your choices. Let's get right to it with our review breakdown of Zack Snyder's Justice League chapters, parts four through six. Great one. The lost world is Earth. Anti-life is here. If it is redemption you seek, find the third box, synchronize the unity, and when this world is scorched, I will come for my great prize. You will come to Earth. I have turned 100,000 worlds to dust, looking for anti-life, looking for those who robbed me of my glory. I will stride across their bones and bask in the glow of anti-life, and all of existence shall be mine. Why don't you just come to Earth right now, bro? (laughs) What are you waiting for? I know. He needs the unity to be complete, but he has no problem doing that on all these other planets. Or are they doing the mother box thing on all those other 49,000 planets that he's looking for this thing on? I don't know. But let's, let's, let's talk about this real quick, and then we'll jump back to where we left off. When last we left our heroes, they dun, were dun, dun. on the rooftop of Gotham uh, GCPD getting ready to talk to James Gordon. And we got to talk about that scene because mm-hmm. it's shown up in both versions. 
Matt, what move what kind of movie is this? Is this the assembly of the Justice League? Is this the rebirth, return of Superman, the death and rebirth of Superman? Is this Steppenwolf's retrieval of the mother boxes to make amends with Darkseid? Or is this Darkseid's story to find the anti-life equation? And you don't even have to answer that because the answer is D, all of the above. Right. And you know what? Yeah. You're absolutely right. It is all the above. <clears throat> and with that list, the last one, the dark sides recovering the anti-life, yeah. is the one that might be as crazy as this sounds, mm-hmm. too ambitious. Let's go back to what we posed before the flight. If you want to do those, I think you rattled off five things. So let's remove the anti-life for just a minute and focus on those four. Well, I just want to say, too, the, the four separate movies right there. <laughs> if you're going to do that... Mm-hmm. This isn't a movie. Yeah. It's not even a mini series. Yeah. It's a 12 story episodic show. Mm-hmm. There's no, you just don't have enough time to do it. No and way. you and I have cried off mic a lot mm-hmm. about these shows that have about enough content to have four really meaningful episodes and then they're, five they're, or thirteen, five to 10 fillers, 13 episodes long. Oh, that kills me. This would not be the case. Mm-hmm. That would be an ambitious endeavor. I just think it's a bridge too far. Yeah, with the anti-life equation I, and for as crazy like it was rhetorical because mm-hmm. we've sort of had this conversation anyway yeah as much as you don't like four hours it's not enough mm-hmm. and how it's, much time are you going to put in it's also bad timing too like you're halfway into your movie and you're you're in you keep introducing new aspects to the plot like you can't do that anymore like there's rules against that you like it's <laughs> Just imagine like new hope if like they were just like shoving like we're about to throw down the Death Star, but wait a minute, like Luke, you're Darth Vader's father. Like there's no time for any of that. There's no time to digest any of what all's happening, even in a four hour movie. Where this gets even murkier mm-hmm. is this is part three of what Zack Snyder planned to be five parts. Mm-hmm. And the Vanity Fair interview that he part gave some one time and two ago, being Man of Steel and J and BVA BVS. <clears throat> part three being this. Okay. Part four being as yet untitled, but in that one, essentially, Lex Luthor teaming up with Darkseid and explaining that the key to the anti-life equation, or Superman, is Lois Lane. That then involves Batman giving the charge of protecting Lois by Superman while he runs off to try to undo Darkseid's army. (laughs) Batman and Lois get into an argument in the Batcave Batman gets distracted or throws a hissy and walks out. <laughs> Darkseid shows up okay. and kills Lois to only then reveal that it's not just Lois, but a pregnant Lois that's pregnant, ready for this, hold on to your mic, with Batman's child. Yee. That's, Com- the, that's the fourth film. Complex. <laughs> Batman eventually does himself in. He dies in this film. Okay. And the fifth and final film, is the remaining members of the Justice League rallying the Atlanteans, the Amazons, and whatever's left of Earth okay. to bring down the forces of Darkseid and justice prevails. Now, that's a lot. <laughs> I mean, we can get hung up on any one of those parts. Yeah, Batman and Lois had some tryst while Superman was indisposed, buried, dead, whatever. That's, I, the, that's I just, just a piece of it. I just want to say that's... That's dangerous to allude to a lot of stuff before you've established literally nothing. Yeah. Do you remember, like, you know, Age of Ultron could have been, I thought, a pretty good movie, but Age of Ultron's main focus was establishing, you know, this whole Infinity quest that we were going to get involved with as we went into Phase 3. And I think the film suffered a lot from that. You know, it was a lot of side quests and this, that, and not what that film was about. 
this movie's already doing that with trying to establish three people that we haven't seen on film yet and then establish a big bad, but then we're trying to bring back Superman, but then we're establishing the big, big bad and this quest and then this big anti-life thing. There's one more really, really tough part in this. Mm-hmm. Time jumping. Yeah. The mother boxes and the flash showing up in Batman's nightmare sequences. Mm. We see the flash and cyborg use one of the mother boxes yeah. to send flash back to warn Batman. Don't get into a fight with Lois in the bat cave. Cause this is where it all goes south. Oh. So take all of that that you just said and then add multiple Time travel. Fuck dude. Oh geez. Yeah. I want no part of that. <laughs> so with what we brought up, this being not enough time, four hours for what he wants to do for this film, there's not enough time on screen to do any of this. That is so ambitious. Yeah, that's a lot. If you take what I just explained to you Mm -hmm. and compare it to what Marvel did in 22 and 23 films, like the snap, the blip, that's, is about a third as complex as what I've just explained in Zack Snyder's version and in about 18 less films, 23, or 18 more films. 23 films, two hours, that's like 50 plus hours to expand a larger story. Yeah. Like you can't do that in four. <laughs> no, that's a showrunner's Bible mm-hmm. for four seasons of material that yep. is the probably culminating final episode with the battle. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's just frustrating. You know what I mean? You know, we go into that. We finish up one thing. We're like, God, like, how are they going to like defeat this Steppenwolf guy? And then like, he goes back to his Sokovia lair and then touches the, the mother box or the mother box is talking to him. And then he's like, boom, anti-life it's here. Probably in Themyscira is kind of what that land looked like. We're going here now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's just solve the problem of the day first. And then dark sea, like, I know they want to set up a lot. Well, but the, you, you got to take the time to do it. And then I know four hours is a lot, but you're right. It's not enough time. Can we jump back to the roof with J.K. Simmons, Go. J- Jim Gordon? Yeah. <laughs> just has this look on his face. He's like, why was am that? I- was that don't forget too big for your britches? Did we just do it? Because you said, remind me about don't being too big for your britches. Come back to that. Did we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we just yeah, I wanted okay. to talk about all the rotating, revolving okay. storylines because I think just bringing Superman back from the dead is a whole movie. Especially when you bring him back in a black costume, and yeah. we're going to get to that too. Yeah, the the reign of the Superman yes. and Dooms. Like, there's the whole Superman return arc that it could easily fill one whole movie. Easy, and but assembling the team could fill one whole movie, and we're barely kind of assembled at this point. Okay, back to the roof with Simmons. Okay, this scene's kind of insane. So, okay, so they recruited Barry at the end, and then Cyborg shows up on the roof, and then Aquaman meets them in the aqueduct later, because Simmons. Put the bat signal up in the air because of the rumors he got. It was like, everyone's saying they're seeing a bat. They're, they're talking about the parademons, remember? All these people went missing. So he's like, I got to talk to Batman. I got to make sure it's not him. But the Justice League going there, they, unless this scene happens, the Justice League has no idea that those people are buried in Stryker's Island. And it's just a scene in there to have Gordon be in this movie. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they like they wrote themselves into a corner. How do we get ourselves out of it? Someone else has got to tell them. Good thing they went to the roof that night with the bat signal. Good thing they weren't in some other place or another city when that went down. Yeah. Pretty convenient for this plot. <laughs> do you think, and we spent and a lot that, of- That's both movies too. That's sure. that happened in both of them. But he gives them a crucial piece of evidence that they didn't even have any way of thinking. We've both been there. Okay. 
when we're sitting there and we're stuck at a moment and you and I are grinding back and forth over how do we write ourselves out of this corner that we've painted ourselves into, inevitably, what's the answer we always come to? You just keep it simple. Stupid. Yeah. Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. And we usually walk back about two or three pages and say, oh, there it was. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's sometimes as simple as a line of dialogue. I don't know. Obviously not in the writing room. Mm-hmm. If that was ever possible, because this concept is so elaborate and so vast and so layered and so long. Yeah. There's no room in this movie for anything simple. And it's the frustration that you've also echoed with. Why isn't this you Mm -hmm. or us just watching Batman put the team together and build trust among them? And we can, we just Lex Luthor's building like a weapon and we have to stop it. Like, isn't that enough? Plenty. It's It's plenty more than plenty because bringing back Superman is almost like so anticlimactic for me because he is so powerful, especially this version of Superman because everyone worships him. Like he's Jesus and Everyone remembers him so fondly when the only thing I can remember Superman doing is toppling Metropolis like it was like 100 9-11s combined in one. Uh, and the instant he comes up, I'm like, well, he's going to do it. You know what I mean? They brought him back for this reason. He's He could alone stop Steppenwolf. They don't even need the team. So that kind of kills it a bit for me. Uh, yeah, why can't it just be Lex Luthor with one of his Lex Luthor plots of like, hey, I got these bombs that are going to go off in the San Andreas Fault. Just do that movie again. Simple. Yeah, keep it simple. I think they got to this crux in the film and they were like, oh, we got to have another like fan service moment here. Who are we going to put Gordon? Like we're in Gotham City. And if Gordon doesn't like tell them like these things that he's been investigating, they have no idea to go look in the middle and the underneath Strikers Island. Like I was just, I was perplexed. I, I should have jumped on that the first time with Whedon's version, but it's the same. This is the same thing here. So convenient and contrived because you're just so stuck <clears throat> and maybe convenient. Or I'm just like, at least, and we don't have to, let's just get on with it. Cause we get onto this scene, which is quite a bit longer than the theatrical version. This fight, sequence in the in the underneath strikers island i actually thought this was a little bit better than the the last one Mm -hmm. so to the film's credit i mean Mm -hmm. i gotta give credit where credit's due i thought this was a little more entertaining but i also thought this was a good stopping place if you wanted to make it one movie at the end of this sequence they're dealt a kind of a uh not a death blow but like a defeat by steppenwolf when he floods the aqueduct and end the movie there Come back with the next movie, and we gotta. Now we know. We, hey, we gotta bring back Superman because we're out outnumbered for this. Like, don't make us sit here for four hours. Do you think that that, that could have been one movie right there? Plenty, and then you have so much stuff ready for the next time we come back. Chips are down. Steppenwolf's got the mother boxes, and we've already established all of the characters, so we don't have to fool around with that in the next movie. Like, this can just be the goal for the first Justice League, mm-hmm. get him introduced, leave him in a precarious situation, see in a year and a half, you'll like it. There you go. Really easy. Mm-hmm. And there's any number of ways we could get to the aqueduct without J.K. Simmons on the rooftop and the yeah, parademon drawings. There's He didn't even need to be in this movie. How about a cell phone? <laughs> yeah. All that has no, to happen well, is Cyborg's dad has to say, help, and he leaves it on, and I it mean, traces it. Batman's allegedly such a good detective. I mean, there's like, any number of he ways, He could have right? like, found a way to like figure that out on his own. Instead of dicking around and going to uh, Midsommar to recruit, mm. just to be told no, he could have been like figuring this out and like where, like what's going on here. 
when Wonder Woman tells him about the mother boxes because he doesn't know about it until that moment. So I got to I got to give that out there. But in a strange way, the Midsommar recruitment of all of the at first reluctant except Flash Justice League sidekicks with Batman seems really silly. And it's almost like he's got them together. And then on the rooftop with Simmons, he looks at him and says, ah, see, told you this was pretty serious. I was right, huh? See, look, look, mm-hmm. see, because it's not set up. As you said, they chased a rumor to build a team. Mm-hmm. Well, team's built. Now, <laughs> your uncle said, I did see a ghost in the attic. Call the paranormal exorcism team. Call the Ghostbusters. <laughs> I mean, because you haven't seen it yourself, so we're going to chase it, but he's pretty believable. Mm-hmm. Gordon's pretty believable because mm-hmm. you know he's a cop. I like I like J.K. Simmons as Gordon. But yeah, right. Of I, course, I, I kind of want to see more of this, but I don't know at what cost. Like, <laughs> does that? I need more. Of that I be subjected to more of this movie. Can I ask you a question before we go into the next beat here? Okay, or next beats. We did BVS, mm-hmm. Batman versus Superman. Is the biggest mistake that's made in this franchise, Martha? That's a big one. <laughs> Again, though, convenient, contrived. Yeah, yeah, no, That's super, super contrived. Yeah, they walked, wrote themselves into that corner right there. Is the biggest mistake in this film mm. series, this first three, Doomsday? They did him too early? How do you go bigger than Doomsday? That's the thing that kills Superman. Well, I told you, like, I told you I knew how to, I know how to fix BVS, like, really good. And, and in it, it's got to be a younger Batman mm-hmm. because I don't buy this old one being so, like, Sonny Corleone yep. <laughs> at all. He's got to kill Superman. And then all this, and then something happens to Gotham where he could have used Superman's help and he's dealt like a really serious blow to his own city. Just Lex is enough. Yeah. But then wouldn't that give Bruce like super motivation to find a way to resurrect him? Like if it was by his own hand and he's kind of carrying this guilt on his shoulders? Like, well, let me think if I can recall any other superheroes that have an entire mantra built on regret. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah, that works perfect. And then, yeah, and then exactly, and then we we wouldn't be, and we could have saved that. We could have saved Doomsday for this movie even. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Zod was, I guess, big enough for Man of Steel. It sort of worked, even though we've clocked, you know, about how off-putting the buildings coming down everywhere are. But when you go that big in the second of what's going to be five chapters, mm-hmm. holy smokes, what is the final battle in number five look like between... <laughs> Dark sides, minions, and what's left of the superhero rally army. Tell you what, you take that toy right there, I'll grab that one, we'll just mash them together, and that's what it'll be. It'll just be like a big mash fest. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing too, Jesse, and like you brought it up with your nightcap, or I mean with your flight question. Mm. Cat of the bag here by old Matt and this one for the nightcap. But anyway, if we're playing around with the Legion of Doom, if you delay the release of this a little bit or structure it differently, you have these potential players for the Legion of Doom that would be more than adequate for Batman to have to resurrect Superman the way you're talking about. Cheetah, Manta, um, Sinestro, Sinestro mm-hmm. Luther, and Deathstroke. Enough. Plenty. That's more than enough. Plenty. We don't even need Sinestro because it almost gets too cosmic. Like those four alone are are, are, are more than enough. Mm-hmm. Captain Cold. Let's throw Captain Cold in there. Okay. Or Reverse Flash. I don't care. And that gets to another thing that I wanted to bring up when we talked about it, and I thought about it even more so now. Okay. If you use Grant Gustin instead of Ezra Miller, yeah. you open up a whole slew of rogues 
that serve as beat the hell of the rogue on the street guy. Don't you think from Grodd to cold to mirror master, like flash has some cool bad guys, but they're not really that threatening when you get down to it. I'm glad you brought up, brought up Grant Gustin again, because I thought about him a lot in, I've seen this film so much (laughs) in two weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Marvel, DC has always been behind Marvel, a sense Iron Man. There's been times when DC's been way ahead of Marvel when Marvel was bankrupt and all we got was Batmans and they were making shit tons of money. Just comics in general. Yeah, and comics in general. Bob Finger, meet, uh, you know, Stan Lee. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But since the cinematic universe started, Marvel's been way ahead of the game. They figured it out with Feige and amen to them. For once, DC could have been ahead of the curve where they tapped into another cohesive television universe and then wrapped that into their films. I mean, that would draw people to go see The Flash to know what's going on with him if they know he's showing up in this movie. And then all the legwork's been done by those great writers on on that TV show. Like that, that's not, and then now we see it with WandaVision now too, because mm-hmm. WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to tie into whatever the big plans are for the MCU going forward. So. For once, they could have been ahead of the curve, but no, we started from scratch again. You're right. It's frustrating because he is good at the character. You're right. He is. They just... I, I don't want such... A, again, I don't want to rehash yeah, last weekend's you know, podcast on this. Yeah, we'll, we got plenty to hash in. But what's the hurry? Every one of these films on the road to your ultimate goal is going to make money and mm-hmm. make that more meaningful. Yeah. And you had a blueprint set right before you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't understand why someone couldn't sit Snyder down and say, look, man, this is big. We've got this other show called Titans that we're releasing. We can kind of weave some stuff in through that. Let's not set this up in five films with this huge penultimate event. Cause there's nowhere to go after that either. Once you've shot your what on that, it's they're done. in the place that Marvel is now Yeah, rebuilding it from the ground up. It's done. And that's good. And Marvel's challenged with that. We've talked about it a lot. That's hard to do that. Yeah. They got to find unique ends now. They've already shot their what in five films. Truthfully, the biggest mistake was not doing this like when like Nolan was at the helm, like, hey, like we got Batman, like with Bale, like let's use that Batman. We got mm-hmm. this Superman, we got this lantern, like we just need a Wonder Woman movie. And the, they could have done it like years ago. Well, you're not lamenting over the crossover with some Batman characters because we're gonna see one in a little while, aren't we? You're talking about Joker? I am. Oh god. <laughs> it's coming. Buckle up, everybody. This is gonna be his Clive Owen for the Joker. Oh god. Oh, let's 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 build up to that. Okay, so let's do it. So I th- think we left the Aqua Four. No, so that scene's pretty good. Aqueduct. I I'll mean, just yeah. say that's a good action bit. Yeah. You know, Zack Snyder's good at his action scenes. They're all slowed down and but I liked it. I thought that this was better than the chopped down weeded version. So then we get back to the Batcave and we get into the whole thing. Okay, so your big requirement for the following film was you needed to find out how Miles Dyson got the mother box. Was this was this enough? You can't help what? yourself. It is. It, it is, is Miles right. Dyson. Yeah. Was this enough for you? What they gave you? The Nazis uncovering it in World War Two. No. And then ended up in the like the Raiders of the Lost Ark room. <laughs> Think about that. Okay. I pose that directly. Mm-hmm. You have to give me how it got from wherever the humans buried it after reburying it to then rebury it into the hands of Miles Dyson from yep. Star Labs yep. and then in the closet with the trophies. And we get the Nazis who have just combed the earth. And I get that there is occasionally a vent 
where an army, Napoleon finds the Rosetta Stone. Like once upon a time, things happen and you come across you come across something. And they made that movie and it's a masterpiece. It's called Raiders of the Lost Ark. They did. (laughs) (laughs) But to have the Nazis just in some quest come across some piece of earth where this is buried and then harness the mother box to then be defeated at the end of World War II and have the DOD take it and hide it in a warehouse like Raiders of the Lost yeah, Ark the same warehouse. is so weak. That's so weak. And then among all of the crates in the warehouse, Star Labs and Miles Dyson, we're just mm-hmm. going to go with that, aren't we? Don't change it. <laughs> Happened upon it mm-hmm. and began harnessing its power. That's just a, that's, that's so underdeveloped with a lot of time. There was any number of ways around that. that but when was, all else fails, I know, put I, Gordon on the roof of a, a building in Gotham uh, and then go with the general big bad that everybody can use, which is the Nazis. I think that's weak. Yeah. I think I might have preferred it undefined compared to what that was. Well, Go, what do you when think? last we saw the King Arthur, whoever the armies of men were just mm-hmm. buried it in some field. So the Nazis coming across, I'm like, I guess, but as much as I don't want to see like a full cyborg movie, because the character just doesn't do it. I'll see it. You know what I mean? I'm, sure. uh, I'm, I'm a victim of torture, yeah. <laughs> film torture. Mm-hmm. That could have been the cyborg movie yes. uncovering the mother box. And then he makes, cause I'm all about this now, now that you brought it up last week, he turns Victor Stone into the mother box. It's so obvious. Yeah. But that could have been the whole plot of that, uncovering that mystery instead of just this montage. And then we're like, oh, God, the Nazis are involved in this scheme now? Like, where's that? And then that's Captain America, the first Avenger, too. Like, oh, the Tesseract, it's in this wall here. That's Hydra, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's exactly the same thing. Yeah, so <clears throat> I guess they gave me an answer. Okay. Yeah, they gave you an answer, yeah. It's just if I said... What's two plus two? And the answer they gave me was yogurt. <laughs> two plus two isn't yogurt, but that's my answer. Excellent. But they all come to this kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They come to this moment where they're just like, hey, okay, the mother box, we understand its power because he waxes on with his soliloquy about it. And then they all come to this. The box has the power to reinstate anterior particle relationships. So you mean in the way that particles of matter can't be created or destroyed, their relations just transform? Burn down a house, the particles still exist. Particles of house become particles of smoke. Anybody with a match can turn a house to smoke. Oh my God. <laughs> Put them on the box. Turn smoke like into a house. I know we're all thinking the same thing right now. Who's gonna say it? I'm not gonna say it. I get to talk about my favorite thing in this whole entire Snyderverse. Hans Zimmer's Superman theme that he did for Man of Steel is amazing. The John Williams thing, that's one of my favorite scores of all time, the John Williams Superman score, but the little theme Hans because he had to do something different. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I've always loved that. It was my favorite part about Man of Steel, and I'm glad it, it showed up here in, in little pockets. So to that little musical, I, I got to give this film credit where I can because the rest of the time it's just like stabbing me in the back immediately preceding this. 
oh my God, like where do we even go here? Does Mark, that structure that A plus B equals C plus, th- does that remind you of the Sphinx from Mystery Men? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the extrapolations that they are drawing from these completely unrelated events from a house burning down to particles of matter to reassembling that matter to now we understand the mother box is so asinine. It's, it's very cheesy dialogue, that's for sure. If anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, please go see Mystery Men. That movie's great. It's great. Yeah. It's a, a comedy as a superhero film. And just enjoy The Sphinx. He's so funny. That's in that Hank film. Azaria, right? No, that's the spleen. <laughs> or no, that's the... No, he's the... The fork. This, okay. the, no, the blue, blue. He's the blue Raja. That's okay. right. He's the blue Raja, the yeah. guy that throws the silverware. Yeah, that's right. I forget what that actor's name okay. is. Okay. Great cast. No, that is, we'll do that one of these days on the show because I would love to talk about that one. Okay. The very next uh, scene preceding this, or I can't even think of words anymore, man. This <laughs> film's maybe stupid. Uh, Martha Kent goes and visits Lois Lane at her apartment saying, Hey, what's up? I went by the Daily Planet. They say you haven't been working there for a while. And like, I got to give Amy Adams credit in this thing. She's much better in this version of the movie than she was in the last one. She has a few moments and a big one coming up, Matt, that we have to talk about because it's the only time we'll get to talk about it because the movie decides not to talk about it anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they have this whole conversation and Martha Kent's like, I found a house by the diner that I work at. It's fine. I lost that, whatever. But you need to get back out there because, you know, we both miss him. But like, it's just one of those scenes. It's an eight minute version of that scene. Mm -hmm. She leaves and then reveals herself to be the Martian Manhunter. What? (laughs) Why here? Why now? Yeah, that's troubling. He's going to show up again at the end, which is probably a more fitting reveal for the character, a more triumphant reveal, because unless you're a nerdy comic book person like us, this is my parents at the movie, or just, you know, Matt, percentage-wise, how many, like, the fanboys make up how much percent of the movie-going audience for a film like this? 20%? Yeah. That's probably being generous. 30, yeah. Yeah. So 70% of the film going has to be like, who the hell is that guy? And you know what else is, yeah, you're right. And you know what he tries to do to save it mm-hmm. is he turns from Martha to the Martian Manhunter back into that the general. general. Yes, exactly. Who we're supposed to remember from the general role that he's played as just, I'm the general, a military strategist. From eight years ago. <laughs> in Man of Steel and BVS. Mm-hmm. So we've seen him before, but there's no. He's not even in BVS because he dies in Man of Steel. Really? Yeah. Oh, no, he doesn't die, but he's not. Oh, he isn't. He isn't BVS. Okay, so three, let me say one thing about that. I'd go back and watch BVS if I want. <laughs> no, Jesse, you're bringing up something really important. Yeah. I have to say, like, don't forget where you're at on yeah. this with Marshall Manhart, yeah. but I have to say something. Okay. Since we did the cut of this, like the first three episodes. Yeah. Since that time. Okay. With the Patreon in between. Okay. I've burned through these three episodes once and the last half of it again okay. and done Man of Steel and done Batman versus Superman. You watch Batman versus Superman again? Check it out. Oh, <laughs> my wife wanted to watch it last night. So we sat down to watch it. What? I know. And we both looked at each other and said, I don't remember a single bit of this happening in this film. That's bad. That's at least three times I've seen this movie. Because we did it last year. 
I don't, and I was trying to remember this, how bad I can't remember if we did it together or if we did it separately and then cut it together. I did it separately. Cause I watched the three hour version of that movie. Jesse, mm. what you're getting to is I think the volume of memory that the audience is supposed to burden to remember how all of these pieces are put together. Good point. Yes. And it's just too much. When he transformed back from Martha to Martian Manhunter back into the general, I'm like, oh, maybe we've seen that guy. And then I'm like, oh, shit, he was a guy in Man of Steel. And then last night in BVS, I was like, oh, my God, he's in this too. And then I looked at my wife and she goes, did I fall asleep during this movie? Because I don't remember any of this. And I said, well, I just watched it like a year ago-ish. And I don't remember. And I don't remember this either. Who, Matt. Oh, you need, so, you need a hug after this. I wouldn't wor- I wouldn't put that on my worst enemies. <laughs> I dove deep, and that's what made me really think long and hard about the Doomsday bit. Okay. There's a lot of errors that have been made up to Doomsday. Yeah, we've misstepped many times before this moment. That's the biggest one, and that, I think, is the execution of bigger than you should be ever. Not just early, but ever. I just got to say this, too. I mean... Snyder has his fans, and amen to him for that. There's nothing memorable memorable about either of those two movies. Like, you leave the theater, and like, what are you taking away from any of that other than, like, man, my head hurts mm-hmm. because they smashed about as many buildings as I have ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, I am Iron Man moment. There's no, like, any of, like, those things that you take away with you out of the theater. Like, you know, like, the stuff from The Dark Knight or, like, even Tim Burton's Batman or Superman, like, ro- rotating the world. We'll get to that moment later in this film, but uh, you don't remember anything about it. And then if you bring that up for like movie night, you're like, hey, do you want to watch Man of Steel? I kind of didn't like it the first time, so pass. Mm -hmm. And then the new one comes out like, ah, we haven't seen it since the theater, so I guess. And then, yeah, you're, you're right. We have to remember all these characters, this general guy who's been Martian Manhunter the whole time. Okay. Yeah. That's a big, big ask for the audience. But the biggest problem I have with this particular scene is what does Martian Manhunter care about Lois Lane for? Why does he go to her other than to reveal to the fans that, hey, guess what? Martian Manhunter's in this in this film. Because other than Lois going to being there when they resurrect Superman and her calming him down, Lois Lane serves no purpose in this movie. You're right. She just is window dressing. Is there too much fan service in this movie? Yeah. This version specifically. There is too much fan service in this movie. We're getting some hints. I can't remember in the placement of all six hours of this film where we start alluding to Lex saying Lois is the key. And I don't even remember. That might even be in the conversation that he has with Holly Hunter and BVS. I'm not even sure where that comes up. But they're starting to plant the seeds that Lois matters. If you take the nightmare sequence and flash running back in time to talk to Bruce in another nightmare sequence, maybe... I'm just, I'm, I'm giving this maybe a parachute and maybe it's bullshit. Maybe Martian Manhunter knows how important Lois is. And so he needs to keep her no, no, engaged. No, don't. Right, no, I don't buy that either. Yeah, no, yeah, that, that's, that's, he would tell her to flee, wouldn't he? That's bogus. And instead of sitting back on the, he's in the bleachers right now, he should be helping the team. What's he waiting for? I don't know. I thought this was a very poor moment to introduce him because we're in the middle of all this stuff. Can I say something though? Go he ahead. looks cool. Oh yeah, they did. They did. As Marshman, he looks. They cool. designed him cool, okay, but like cool. this film needed another element of what? <laughs> like, yeah, come on, it's so simple. 
Okay, I'm gonna play a clip here. I forgot what this clip was, so <laughs> okay. we'll just we'll just go with it. All right. Security protocols, but there's no time to repair all the electrical damage that Luther's power surges caused to the primary capacitors. English. What? There's not enough charge to wake the box. I might be able to do it. Uh huh. I mean, I might be able to jumpstart it. I, I don't like to break this rule, but when I approach the speed of light, I look. Crazy things happen to time, but if I do it, I create massive electrical power. I can backtrack. If I can get enough distance, I can conduct a significant electrical current. I, I might be able to wake the box if that's still what we want. It is. Do it. Okay. We're back at the Kryptonian ship. We've got Superman's corpse in the Kryptonian goo, and we got the mother box there, so now we got to do open it. We saw all this before. Everything's just longer this time. Uh, what did you think about this this Barry coming in? And because we do get the little hint that he's able to kind of like reverse time when he goes too fast. Well, I mean, I guess they're setting up what's going to matter in a little while when he really has to run back after these heroes have been annihilated upon the mother box's unity. <sighs> but I don't know if this is anything more than him just. He's not really tapping into the speed force in this. He's just running really fast to create some static electricity enough to charge the water. To reignite the mother box. And I, let me pose another question, though. Okay. Other than not really understanding how you want to present Flash in this film, back to the cyborg argument, isn't he also a living battery? Isn't he a living transistor? He's a living everything, remember? He can do the nukes and the give a, a single mother $100,000. I mean, he can do a lot. If that guy can't get the mother box out of its slumber, which I'm not even sure why it's slumbering anymore. Because Steppenwolf is here, and when Steppenwolf is here, the mother boxes tend to go, you know, like alarm school. Ring, ring, like they go crazy. Yeah. I'm not sure what the hell alarm school is and where that came from, but everybody, <laughs> there's a new term, alarm school. I love it. All right. So when Steppenwolf is in their proximity, they go off. So Barry's going to reignite this dormant mother box by running really fast and creating enough charge through the amniotic fluid in this spaceship to reignite Superman's life force. Cause maybe that might work. <sighs> yeah. It's exactly what they're doing. Oh, I don't, I'm not even sure if I answered your question. Just, I think just phrasing well, if you, that if is you, enough for if the you, answer. If you want to know more about the speed force, you should watch this flash TV show. Cause they do a good job like going into all of that because yeah. it does get messy because then you start getting into like undoing time and undoing. And then you would get into the whole 15 earth. versions of Tom, Tom Cavanaugh that show up in every season because <laughs> they can't kill him off permanently. He just shows up again as another, but he, he's good. Harrison in the, Wells. He's good in the show. Yes. He uh, You're right. You get into all the different earths, which then like, can you imagine this version of Snyder verse getting into earth two and earth three? Like, Oh my God. With being able to travel in time. No, I, I check out at the door, turn myself into a human candle at, at alarm school. <laughs> But they, they resurrect Superman, and this is all a little bit different, or a little bit different because they reshot some of this again with the Whedon because, you know, the whole upper lip thing. But, like, I kind of like some of this sequence. Victor? Victor? This is my auto defense system. It senses danger. Victor, no! Victor, I can't control it! No! Kalal, no! 
He doesn't know who he is. Arthur, we need to restrain him. It's a pretty good scene, like, you know, the, the members of the Justice League fighting evil Superman. The reason I ran into the room there for a second, on my coffee table back in the room there, I have stacked the whole Death of Superman story arc. So Sweet. It's the Death of Superman, Funeral for a Friend, The Reign of the Superman, Return of Superman, and then Doomsday. That's one movie. That's one movie. That's this here. That's like all of this involved here. Like doesn't need to be in here because that's a whole, that's a Superman sequel or that's a Justice League sequel. Like there's a lot to play into resurrecting this person here. I'm going to add to it Mm -hmm. because when he's fully resurrected and on board, I think the next time we kind of see him on the side of the Justice League is when he goes to visit Alfred. Mm -hmm. He's donned the black suit. Now, the functional purpose of the black suit is it's more absorbent. Now, explain this one to me. It's more exor- more absorb it, it absorbs solar energy better. Now, how a black suit absorbs solar energy better is bullshit. But that's not did that was that told to us in this movie? No, no. The connotations mm-hmm. of that are huge because now you're getting into like you said reign of superman and the mullet and which is the good superman and what's the bad superman and how do you determine to snyder's credit he wanted him to have the mullet (laughs) he did (laughs) he did that could have been cool okay so like you said yes the action sequence is pretty good and i have to say Mm -hmm. that's not been our qualm no i don't think we've complained about the action bits in this even from the mother box chase on themiscara like the action sequences have been pretty damn good it's actually a strength of snyder i think he can 300 put right together a really great action sequence let's be fair about it then. yeah this is also really well done i love that the superman statue gets destroyed you like the gauntlets with batman um no but <laughs> it, you have to find a way to make batman relevant <laughs> this is my problem that's not a Zack Snyder thing. That's Batman's out of his league yeah, thing. Yeah. We've talked about that a lot. Well, there's a reason he's not standing there with the four of them at that scene. He, no, sh- right. he shows up like way later. Like, I don't know what the hell he was doing. It's true. Went to took a dump or something. <laughs> I don't know. After watching Man of Steel okay. and BVS and now this, mm-hmm. I have to tell you, yeah. I'm kind of in Superman's position. I think I'd probably take it out on these fools too. Like, can't you just leave me alone? No character in anything DC has gotten as raw a deal Mm -hmm. as Superman has through three films, two and a half, whatever you want to call this in this movie. I don't blame him. Yeah, sure. Watching BVS and then Man of Steel the previous night, that poor bastard has a insatiable amount of humanity and compassion that frankly, no one on this planet deserves. And all that Snyder keeps doing is screwing him over mm-hmm. and over and over, which makes him all the more heroic to me. But the problem is, he's so underdeveloped other than just looking kind of pitiful mm-hmm. that I don't really know what else there is to do. Super underdeveloped. He's been in his movies as much as Batman has. Yeah. Arguably, that's like maybe more. It's his whole arc is what's kind of encapsulated this whole series. Yeah, so, so he's never worked for me on that level. But I like, like I said, like I like, I like a different. Do you remember Matt? 
Because Christopher Reeve is always going to just be the end-all Superman for me. I don't care who plays this character. I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis could play Superman. It's still Christopher Reeve. Like, sure. he was born to play in more ways than one, even in, like, his when he was paralyzed, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Do you remember in Superman 3 with Richard Pryor when he goes through the evil Superman uh, mm-hmm. aspect? Yeah, in the bar? The pistachios in the glass, he in the played, bottles? He played evil Superman really good, and then he has the fight with Clark in the in the junkyard? It's pretty good, like, but they had built him up enough that he was so good, such a good person and a good Superman. He's willing. He, they even have a scene where he takes a cat out of a tree. It's that type of Superman. Mm-hmm. That when he goes to that moment, like you buy it, like big time, and you want to see him come back from like those. And that move, Superman three is garbage, uh, but I believed it with him. You know what I mean? Like they had built him up to being this ideal of what Superman's always been based on. Like, I don't think they've done that with him. Like you're right. He's been portrayed as so pitiful. This whole series. That's a great word to use. That's hard to do big time, especially with someone that's so powerful and just so uninteresting because what conflicts can stop him. I mean, they did a good job and said to Richard Donner's credit and that that's a whole nother story for another day. Like Mm -hmm. they they figured it out pretty decently. And that was the first big one. You know what I mean? The first big superhero film. Yeah. We did skip over something that we need to go back to. And then we'll get get back to the, the, the finale of this film. Uh, cyborg's uh, nightmare visions before he turns on the mother boxes because we do get a glimpse into that foreseeable sequels mm-hmm. of I think Lois dead in the Batcave with Darkseed's hand on his shoulder and Wonder Woman dead and Aquaman the Atlanteans being blown up by Darkseed side and uh, Superman holding Batman's cowl in that nightmare world what would you think of all that like was that an are we teasing too much or is that just is that okay with you I think I'm okay with it. You know what it reminded me of real quick? And please continue. It reminded me of when Scarlet Witch touched Vision's head before he was being completed and she saw like essentially like the next 10 movies. Right. Do you remember that part? Yes. Yeah. They have a a tough decision to make because if they resurrect Superman with the mother box powered by Flash's static electricity, then Cyborg gets a look into a possible future that has many, many bad outcomes. And there's an interesting moment where Barry can't quite understand if he says no or go. Mm -hmm. Because I think Cyborg actually says no, but Barry goes anyway. That leads into what we've talked about quite a bit. Lois's death and Darkseid not really caring about their mother boxes, but claiming the crown jewel in the throne, which is Earth, which holds the anti-life equation, even though we have no idea what that is. Is it a formula? Is it a belief? Is it a power in Superman? None of us know. And that's where it begins. We also see two big-time characters finished off Mm-hmm. Big time by Dark Side, but you know what's interesting about the Wonder Woman one is they're burning here on that pyre. Mm-hmm. Where is that? Because it looks like it's on Apocalypse. Yeah, because there's a bunch of, it's not Themyscira. There's a bunch of spaceships and things in the sky that oh, are yeah, yeah. otherworldly that do well, not those, those seem like, to fit. Those look like Dark Side's uh, ships, right? So as he's arrived, he's killed Wonder Woman, but he's allowing them the Amazons the ability to burn her. Well, shit, that's a big deal. If if Wonder Woman's gone and Superman's been turned, 
and Aquaman is dead, <sighs> you be- have a couple of big, big things coming in the next two movies. And so as much as I've said it's too much, it's too much, add to it Batman's nightmare dreams. Mm. I'm kind of interested. I kind no, of I'm interested. I kind of want to see what that might have been. I as do, disastrous I, I, as this has been. I don't want to spend hours getting to there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's we got to pace it out properly. I really should be reading from my notes because I have a lot of really good stuff here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go. Good time. This is backtracking us for a little bit, but and so instead of coming for the equation now, Darks, I wrote this. Dark side needs the unity to do this. Okay, that hasn't stopped him before. What we why we don't know. That's never told to us. So instead, he puts his idiot lieutenant in charge of getting the job done when he knows he's a complete imbecile. <laughs> like, Steppenwolf is like a nothing to him. But like Darkseid's like, okay, like, okay, you go ahead and like, you tell me. This is the thing you've been looking like ages for and you're just going to let him do it on his own? <laughs> like, like Nebula reclaiming the Infinity Gauntlet? Oh my, yeah. I'm going to sit here. Go get my gauntlet. Oh, yeah. Nebula. Let's, let's not go there. No, but yeah, so no. this is a common mistake that happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Why would you give your kicked out of the apocalypse world for betrayal or something, hey, Steppenwolf? Your jackass cousin. <laughs> the task of finding the linchpin to your dimensional domination. No. Anti- no I'm way. I'm doing that on my own. Yes. Yeah. Okay, big mistake there. Huge. Okay, we. There's just a lot. This this film's such a hodgepodge. It's hard to even talking in two episodes about a four-hour movie is quite an undertaking. Mm-hmm. Before Lois goes to uh, the Superman crypt, and they resurrect him, she takes a pregnancy test. And we never get the answer. This is never brought up again in the rest of the film. Like obviously, we wouldn't see that scene unless she is pregnant, right? So think about it, though. Yes. As crazy as what I said earlier sounds, Superman hasn't been there. Been where? On Earth. He hasn't been there to impregnate her. Well, they, they were living together in the last movie, weren't they? Yeah, but how long has Superman been gone? Okay, that's what Years. I... That's what, that, no, that's what... No, like, I guess according to this film, I would imagine it's only been a couple months. <laughs> and I don't know. No, that is a stretch then because, yeah, who's... It would have to be his. Snyder said it's... Bruce Wayne's well, that, and that because that child is going to be born and take the mantle of the new Batman. Well, that's we've never we're never shown that. So we have to assume it's Superman's child. I don't assume that because Zack Snyder in Vanity Fair said that's Batman's child. Oh, I'm not going off of that because those scenes were never we never see them together in this movie. So I have to assume she's taking the pregnancy test based of, off of when they were living together in the last movie, which then you're right. That's a big problem because now is that. Did Superman die and Batman versus Superman take place about a month from this film? If there's scenes in there, then the answer is yes, right? Mm-hmm. This scene doesn't need to be in this movie. And they don't even talk about it again. And even when she walks up to him and he does a little scan, like if that's the time to reveal, hey, there's a baby in there. And when they go back to the farm, because we do the farm scene again. Oh, I forgot about that part where he scans her. Yeah. But no, we go back to the farm and he's shirtless and everything. Mm. She doesn't even like tell him like, hey, guess what? I have something to tell you. I have child. I think it's yours. Man, am I crazy? Like the, like she goes and takes the test, goes into the bathroom, and we, we never, we're never told anything more about this ever again, are we? No, it's going to, no, we're not. In this movie. Maybe in four, maybe in four, which is where she would die. It plays out. But not in this one. That's bad. That's bad storytelling, though, because I, 
fuck for care about now either include the scene and have it have some ramifications on the plot of this film or don't even include it i don't disagree with any no of no that. i know yeah I'm, I'm with you but isn't that like alarming to you did was did that scene stick out to you like it stuck out to me like okay like it does now but you know what honestly the movie's so complex with just bullshit mm-hmm. i'd forgotten all about that did part. You? okay so i'm glad you brought it up you're right but you bring up a really important question yeah he scans her mm-hmm. superman scans her and if in that scan he doesn't detect life inside her that is newborn, what did that even matter? Yeah, then don't even show that scene. And then if it, if he did scan her, or th- then have the reveal like, hey, it's your child. I'm. I'm pr-. They no one brings it up ever again. Even in the epilogue, you can even introduce it there. They're putting together a baby nursery. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even do that. Like this, it's another five minutes that goes nowhere in this movie. What does Zack Snyder have against Superman? Because I'm going to go the other way for just a minute. So let's hear me. Like I, I, I agree with you. It shouldn't yeah, be in yeah, there. Let's just go the other way for a minute. If that is Batman's kid, which pisses Superman off to the point that that's what allows him to go with dark side. Then why does Superman keep getting such a raw deal from every human in this series? I don't know. And whether that happens or not. I'm I'm just saying, if that is Batman's kid, this turns into the worst movie ever made because those scenes are not interlinked in what any discernible matter. He's on on record saying it. Other than his Vanity Fair article, and I don't don't care about four or five. I care about this movie. Again, that's that's a scene that derails everything. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yes. Yes. That's what, yes. Jesus Christ. She doesn't, he loves her so much. And you know what? That she doesn't need to be pregnant. Just remove it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we don't need that scene. Because wasn't, that, that was Superman Returns, remember, when he comes back and that was his kid because he pushed the piano and killed that guy. He had super abilities. That was probably handled better in that movie than this little nugget is, but. Story- he has gone to the ends of the earth for her over and over oh, in yeah. all iterations of Superman and Lois. Christopher Reeve and, and Brandon Routh aside, them included. He turned the world around for Yes, her. he did. <laughs> I don't know why her death, because Batman, who Superman tells him, as my friend, I need you to do me the solid, go protect my woman. Literally, as my friend. That's what he says in the script, as, uh-huh. as my friend. Batman lets him down. That's enough. That's bad storytelling. Like, walk before you run. Like, establish, a, yes. establish yeah. everything before you even get to those scenes. Like, the, Snyder is so obsessed, and we're going to get to it. Because I'm probably going to rip it a new one. Okay. He's so upset. And I got this $250 figurine on my shoulder. He's so obsessed with this nightmare world. He is. Of this possible future that's yet to be. Cause it, and it's a dream, Matt. Jesus Christ, it's a dream. He's sit, laying all these Nightmare seeds. with a K. Yeah, nightmare with a K. I think it even says Nightmare Batman on that little thing. So obsessed with setting all these things. And we can't even, we can't even have a comprehensible story in the present. And we're worried about the future in dreamland. No argument. Oh, God. Um, okay, well, well, let, let's get to the end of this movie because, you know, it, much of it's still the same. You know, he goes to the farm, Mott, they have the reunion, he's back, but then he gets the black suit. We talked about what that, the ramifications of that whole scene. But the team finally comes together, and, you know, this is kind of a good moment of them just kind of making peace. If Victor wants to try to save the world by fusing with the Doom Boxes, I, I say we put him in the Doom Boxes. But getting him in means attacking that base. Fighting the devil and his army. You know. I mean, this this guy's probably fought 
hundreds of thousands of other super beings on the other planets he's destroyed, right? And we have to assume he's won. I don't care how many demons he's fought and how many hells. He's never fought us. Not us united. Mm. Puke. Puke? I, I kind of like this moment. <laughs> you know what I hate when I watch basketball? <laughs> okay. I hate when I watch basketball and the announcers say, I love that guy because he dove on the floor for that loose ball. Do you know what that dive on the floor for the loose ball means in the context of who wins or loses that game? Nothing. Batman with say, Batman's saying is they have just barely put the pieces together on this team. Saying, by God, we're just going to believe each other <laughs> and trust each other and work a little bit harder is such horseshit. <laughs> Fuck you, Batman. That is so stupid. Nice rally speech. None of the other heroes on any of the other planets tried the same line. You're the first one to come up with that. Did you dive on the floor for the loose ball before you assembled the team, Batman? You lost by 20. I keep thinking about this BVS that I've written in my head that doesn't exist other than my brain where he kills <laughs> Superman. Because yeah. can you imagine the moment where the rest of the team finds out what he did? I love it. That's great. Because he's the only one that knows. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, he tears the, what he put together apart. Like, that's a big moment. But again, that's fantasy in Jesse's brain. But we go to Sokovia again. <laughs> okay, what do you think of this? Because a lot of this is a little bit different, at least in the, the colors and then the roles of what the characters are doing. Batman goes in. You know, the, the unity is about to happen at any second now. And he goes in with his flying. I think it's called the Flying Fox. That's not a joke. And then he gets into his Batmobile and he's laying waste. And, you know, it's exciting and it's triumphant and the team assembles and we're going to fight. Uh, to Joss Whedon's credit a little bit, I kind of like the red because it allowed me to see a little bit better. Like, it was really dark. Uh, hey, you're right there. In this scene. I mean, it was busy and because it was so shadowy and, and, and nighttime, I had a hard time kind of seeing everything. But that's, that's a nitpick. I, the red added a nice color contrast to... At least see what was happening. Yeah, yeah so uh, there's that. I've struggled a lot with how Batman fits into the larger big oh, bad yeah. in this. Mm -hmm. When he shoots a hole in the red blister of Sokovia and flies the flying fox into it <laughs> to draw, right? That's what it is. It's a blister, right? To draw the parademons away from whatever structure that has now been toppled because he's knocked down the power shield generator to allow the rest of the Justice League to come in there. Guess what we've done? we finally found a space where I buy Batman can matter because him versus the parademons, even though we saw parademons literally dragging Atlanteans out of the sea and killing them. But with his gadgets, the flying Fox, the Batmobile, his heavy artillery and assortment of it, he finally has somebody he can fight that I'm buying in this movie. And that part for me really works. What about when he gets out of the Batmobile? <laughs> Okay, that's a bit of a struggle as it's okay. tumbling through the air and it's been... But up to that point... Oh, no, that's fine. Him racing around, them chasing, and all of the guns and... No, yeah. I, I, I'm i actually... like You know what I really love? Wasn't that in the, the theatrical, though, too? I felt like I, I, believe, I believed it more in this film. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm not going to go back and watch the other one again. You Maybe know, okay. it might have been. No, 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 no. Uh, forget watching any of these movies ever again. You know what's helped me a lot out in this version is actually Tom Holkenborg's music. Hmm. It's a lot more triumphant. It's a lot more emotional in the moments it needs to be. So I think we're feeling and 
getting into things a lot more. And I think the music's helping us out a lot. Like it's doing a lot of the heavy lifting because the story is just like dead DOA. <laughs> okay. Um, so to his credit and he's, he did Mad Max Fury road and he did Batman versus Superman. He's actually, he's, I, I kind of like him. So, uh, I know I'm with you. I like, I, I, I kind of like this scene too. And you know, when they kind of freeze frame and cheesy as hell, but like it, the, the team's together finally, like it's three, three hours into this movie, Matt, Jesus Christ, the team's finally together. <laughs> That part when the parademons rip open the doors of the flying fox, I think you called it, mm-hmm. and attack him, mm-hmm. and then he makes it dark and just blows them to smithereens with the guns from the Batmobile. Yeah, not bad. That's awesome. That's not- Batman. That's Batman in this world. Let's get into the fight with Steppenwolf now, and we got a little bit more going on here. You know, Wonder Woman's dealing blows, and okay, what did you think about it? Because you made some cracks a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Aquaman's still flying through the air. Like, unless Aquaman's in the sea, like, how is he of any use? He's not. He's not. You kind of think his powers would only be sufficient in water when he's on land. Aren't they still at Strikers Island? No, we're in Sokovia. No. <laughs> yeah, we're at that. We're in like some Russian missile silo, uh, nuclear silo place. Maybe the choice to make him matter is to get it by a body of water, and then you have him use his forces of aquamarine, whatever supernatural manipulation. Yeah. To do more than be Parademon Sky Surfer. <laughs> it just made me think that this movie, like, whenever it needs a hero to do something, they're able to do it. That's writing, Jesse. You know that. Uh, absolutely. You've got to find a way to make him matter. And, yeah, because they're not in, in the ocean. Maybe that's a credit to the Aquaman movie because most of that movie takes place in the ocean. Uh, he's sky surfing. The only weapon he has is his trident. Like, like, what is like? How's he like able to be relevant if he's not in water? And like, most of this thing's on land. But he's doing just as ca- he's just as capable as everyone else. But this is a little bit more exciting because then you know, okay, okay. So last week we or two weeks ago we had Superman show up off screen. I believe in a little thing called justice. Do 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 do. Is this better? the music saves him a little bit but his line might just it might be worse than the last movie not impressed they he's not sniper one-liner guy he never has been it can't be that hard to like okay this the triumphant read if you've built up Zack snyder man of steel bbs and justice league the arc is superman's story you've built him up to be this thing and his return has to matter it needs to be like trying we got to be talking about it years from now like this is like you get like the snapping away moment and he just plounces in boom not impressed on his little axe and it freezes up no no that that ain't didn't do anything for me what if this okay i sour mash okay go ahead this isn't going to be as good as your version of bvs but i think we might have something okay what powers superman what power what powers him strength or the sun yeah for dark side Mm mm-hmm he shows up right as he's about to drop the axe on Cyborg. 
full emblazoned, like the sun beams on from the eyes on that axe. It becomes so hot that Steppenwolf has to drop it. And then I don't even care if they shatter it. Then they go about just pounding, because they do, they pound the hell out of him here mm-hmm. in the next three or four minutes. Yeah. Begin with that. Then there's no line, and it's dark side opposed by the goodness of light or the sun. Yeah, I, that's great. Just do that. We get the same thing. Don't you feel like this needs to be like a pretty powerful moment for the movie at least? Yeah, one line that says, not impressed. <sighs> what are you, like White House press corps? Fuck off. <laughs> like, give me a break. That's literally what that is. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not impressed. No, so but, petty. No, for what everything that Superman stands for, I mean, he's literally the first, not literally, but there's other superheroes, but he was the first major superhero to ever be created. Yeah. He's been around longer than anybody. Yeah. His return from death needs to matter. Grand. Like it, grand. Yeah. If he comes into that silo and like the sun is shining and he's just like, boom, right hook. And yeah. then that music starts playing. Oh yeah, that's great. Now we're all fist pumping. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps happening off screen or he just shows up. Not in. No, come on. Like, like this, this is the moment of the film. And Mm -hmm. both times they botched it. They botched the, 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 the parallel bar and they twisted an angle on the landing. Yeah. What do you think now? Okay. So we have a nice battle of fisticuffs and Superman is just too damn powerful. But you know, his breath broke his ax. He's using his lasers. He cuts his horn off. That part's pretty great. It was pretty cool. Did you notice when his horn's off too, then all of a sudden his armor goes away? Mm-hmm. That's odd, isn't yeah. it? I'm curious about that now. I want to know more about that, but the movie has no time to explain what's going on. But the portal opens up. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say? Do you remember earlier on last week when we were watching Diana's retelling of the first battle with Darkseid? Yeah. I'm not sure if it's Ares. With the horn? Ares, the villain from the first Wonder Woman movie. Is that the same structure that Steppenwolf is wearing on his head? Because it's the same Ooh. kind of helmet with horns, like a trophy that he's taken? Maybe. See, now this is the stuff that could be set up and paid off with Easter egg backstory kind of bits. Good. Anyway, I, I, I took you off here. No, that, that, no, that's pretty good. So in the middle, they're having a nice fisty cuss. Oh, that is Ares. I didn't even snap on that. That is Ares. Yeah, from Wonder Woman. Holy shit. You're right. Uh, so we're having this battle, and then the portal opens up, and we're like, oh, shit. Okay, so this portal's kind of stupid, because it opens up to Darkseid and Dasad and Granny Goodrich. What's her name? Granny Goodness. What's the, what's the, she has a ridiculous oh, name. Oh, yeah. Granny Goodness? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I, I don't remember. Come on, Jack Kirby. <laughs> yeah. Uh it opens up. So the way I imagine a portal working is when it's open, you, you can walk, walk through, through it. it. Right. They spend about five minutes just watching Steppenwolf get his ass kicked when he could come through, make the unity happen so he can go find his anti-life. Did you think that was a little strange? Well, yeah. Let me piss you off even more. Oh, God. In the Vanity Fair article. <laughs> oh, Zack Snyder said that he when wanted he, to pay some he homage this, he to... He did this recently, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He said he wanted to pay some homage to the good and the bad and the ugly and Sergio Leone. And that's a joke. None of that's true. Oh, God. Did, I was about to lose <laughs> You're going to throw something at me? I was about me? to lose my mind. Yeah, step through the portal. Stop just staring at each other and somebody do something. Make it happen. Dark side. There's your, there's your anti-life equation in his black suit, I think. Go. Oh, it's we, three steps away. We don't know where, but at least do something and just... They're just like... 
this is an interesting channel that we just turned to. Like, I wonder what's going to happen here. Yeah. And then obviously what happens, happens is imbecile cousin, like, didn't get the job done. <laughs> what do you think of Flash's... Drunk uncle. Yeah, his drunk, his drunk uncle. Drunk uncle. Junk pervy uncle. Uh, <laughs> what do you think of uh, the Flash? Because the Flash and Cyborg have a little bit more to do in this than the last time. The Flash was saving the Russian family the last time. Mm -hmm. Now he's using the Speed Force. What did this? What did you think of all this? Okay, so before I answer that, I have to. We have to figure something out. Okay. With the Unity and the onset of the Unity, is there an emulsion or an emission of energy that destroys all living organisms there? Because when the like. Because he notices it, and then he sees what the case is and runs back, like runs behind the speed of light, thus, like Superman, reversing the circulation of the Earth. It's that exact same scene. Okay, so mm -hmm. what strikes me in that is as he goes backwards and runs backwards through times to reset it, you see that interesting bit where Cyborg and Superman are reconstructed. They're like skin and everything, yeah. The same way that smoke is reconstructed from mother boxes to ashes to houses. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, right? I mean, we've sort of set it up, I guess. Yes. So, mm. has Darkseid essentially won initially until Flash runs them back to a better yeah, predestined, predetermined backstory they're, future? They're dead. I think so too. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if we both agree on that, I think we do. Mm-hmm. The answer to your question is, do I like the way the Flash is used in this? Yes. He finally matters. Yeah. We're not, you know, taking hot dogs out of the air before they smack your future wife in the face. <laughs> We're not having that stupid conversation with Billy Crudup as your dad through the Who's glass. Who's been recast as of today. He's not the Flash anymore. Uh, no, 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 no. Billy Crudup. Oh, really? He's out. Ron Livingston is now the new dad Flash. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, he matters. I thought that it was an exciting scene. Yeah. I thought the music was exciting. And then it yeah, it made him, he had to save the team at the end of the day. One thing though about this. Yeah. Who the hell taught Ezra Miller how to run? <laughs> I don't know. Who runs like you're swimming? You don't, you pump your arms. You don't squidward it as you're walking through time running. Like what the, f come on, I'll man. tell you what does bother me about it though. And it's the same thing that happened in uh, Endgame with the time heist. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, anytime we get into some situation where something horrible happens, we can just do this to undo it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yes. That's the trouble with time travel is the ability to undo real consequence. If all you have to do is run backwards, mm -hmm. it's the same thing as all you have to do is go back to alarm school mm -hmm. and wake up from your nightmare. Exactly. It's a dream. That's cheap. So the scene's presented to us in a very interesting fashion, but the ramifications of me just thinking, oh shit, if Darkseed come, side comes and they ha and he kills people, he just has to run really quickly and he just undoes that and they just do it differently. It kills me. That's the, just the problem with some of these characters too. Yeah. Like that's, that's a Flash thing too. Looks good. Cool that he can do that. Cheap way out. I, I can't remember how Darkseid died in the last one. I thought he just went back in his beam or they just pummeled him to death. He gets a pretty grisly death in this one. He gets pierced by the thing. He gets a punch from Superman and then gets decapitated by Wonder Woman. Doesn't Superman at least hit him with a batarang or something without his <laughs> armor? <laughs> Batman? Yeah, it's, what it, what yeah. 
You said Superman. And then his head and corpse end up in Darkseid's little portal, and he just smashes it. That's a pretty awesome moment. I did like that. I like that. I definitely like that, too. But it it was frustrating because I was like, man, you could have just jumped through. Obviously, the portal goes both ways because the body went into Darkseid's world. Just step through that and just help him out. Like, look at this army that you have. Because then he walks, and there's the, the, the Parademon army. To make matters even worse, what's his parting line? Ready, the Armada will do it the old-fashioned way. Yeah. What yeah. are you doing? Honestly. You sent your drunk uncle to go get the mother boxes for your prized possession when all you had to do was bring your army? And it, he, does it not matter? You know, a lot of these things that are really hanging me up on what could be a pretty enjoyable end to this film is the fan service. Like, it's like we've set up Dark Side in here. We got to show him now. We got to show the threat on the horizon and I can't stress enough the the dangers of catering to like fan service moments like that in all fandoms like you got to really be careful of what you allude tell the story that you set up don't don't look at that don't look at that distraction over there that thing looking over your shoulder like tell this right here in the moment I wonder if I can ask you a question right now go ahead with this fan service I think I have a question for you too this fan service you're talking about okay take and I don't care what version of the Justice League you do, like the original, this one, or the theatrical one, I don't care. Of the th- first three chapters in Snyder's JLA, what is it? Five sequel piece of yeah, yeah, yeah. epic filmmaking. Uh huh. Can you rank them in order of favorite to least favorite? What's number one, what's number two, and what's number three? Are you talking about the, par- the parts? I'm talking about Man of Steel, I'm talking about BVS, I'm talking about... Either version of Justice League. Man of Steel is probably my favorite. Mine too. What's number two? Probably Batman versus Superman. Uh-huh. And then what's number three? Probably this one. I think it speaks to the same point for both of us. Mm-hmm. Man of Steel has the least amount of fan service that they have to adhere to. Therefore, just- it's not limited. Batman versus Superman is entirely based on Frank Miller and his sticking it to whatever he thought the mid era of Reagan was in the United States Mm -hmm. and middle fingering everything. Yeah. Because the truth is, and we talked about this, I don't want to rehash BVS. Yeah. That's not even close to a battle. Yeah. It's over before you can say boo. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. You're done, Batman. I don't care what fucking kryptonite, anything you have. You went on quite the rant in that moment. I still haven't changed. And then I picked up the Martha one right after. No, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you on the, the fan service here. What's, uh, that's my ranking too. Here's my question for you. If this film is split into two movies, this what we this four hour opus. Okay. Is Steppenwolf and the quest of these boxes, is that enough to fill two movies for you? Are you interested enough? Is I guess what I'm saying. I like structure and I like symmetry in my script. If you can give me four boxes then I can maybe make a case for yes. And I can even give you the fourth box. Mm. It's some more cosmic having to do with the Green Lantern. Oh, perfect. Yeah, exactly. We got to bring him into it. Yeah. If you do that and the answer is yes, and you give me, for lack of a better term, just to kind of wrap this up, because I feel like we could go another 40 minutes here. If you give me an Empire Strikes Back like ending. You go as long as you need to go. Okay. (laughs) You give me an Empire Strikes Back like ending. Okay. After he gets the fourth box. Perfect. Yes. Okay. Two, like box A and B and JLA one, box C and D in JLA two, Steppenwolf mostly ahead, but the team's established and all the roles are set. I'm probably on board. What about this movie? 
split into two. No. Second question. There's more to it, though, which no, I, I can't know. believe my argument is there needs to be something else yeah. to make it. But yes, that's we, my argument. We need to complicate it that's more. That's crazy. Here's my Shame third question me. for you. And this this really jumped out at me watching it this second time, the part two. Uh, if Warner Brothers Studios executives, who we know based on episode one of Justice League, they were in it for Christmas bonuses or annual bonuses and whatever. Yeah. If they were so not on board with Zack Snyder's vision of Justice League, A, why did they greenlight Chris Terrio's 300-page script? Because it has to be 300 pages, Mm -hmm. maybe longer. B, why did they let Zack Snyder film so much footage to fill a four-hour movie before they pulled the plug and then throw Whedon into the, the mix? If they were so hesitant against this version of the movie, why did they? Why didn't they stop him sooner when they were a month in and be like, "Hey, we need to go in another direction"? Because obviously, there's a lot of footage here. They filmed for months to make this movie happen. I think it might be money. Let me give you two scenarios on that. One is they were in so deep with the cost that they had to get it across the finish line. Bonuses be damned. That's an ugly truth, but it's also a truth. But I'm, I'm leaving that out. Or they were so unaware of what the accounting department was reporting for the filming of Justice League that they missed that. Because it's got to be one or the other. Either you didn't know how much you'd already spent to do 80% to then not mostly do any of it. Or you were so heavy and we've yet to see numbers on what the cost was for Zack Snyder's 80%. I don't know what the cost on that. We talked about the other 30 million that well, AT&T that, threw in to get the, the 70 million, 70 million. It was with AT&T for, to finish this thing. So what's the full cost on it? Did it you was, look on Mojo? It, it was 300 to do the theatrical cut. I think that's included with some of Snyder's versions. If it has a 750 break even point, we're going up to 750. Throw another seventy million in that, and we can't. So you're talking eight thirty, eight hundred and thirty million dollars. I would. I you can't quote me on this, but we might be close to a billion dollars to make this film happen. If you're close to a billion dollars, and what's another fifty million? I know, right? <laughs> you're so in the red. And I'll, so maybe, I'll, I, maybe that's just a possibility. No, well, I'll say this too, and then we'll get into this episode. What is? What do you think about that? Why? I don't. The same question. I, I really don't know. Like I like if I was because the, all of this was reactionary to BVS and the dark tone, and you got to switch it up. Like if they were so not on board, why didn't they stop it sooner and hire a different director or a different writer? Like I don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Jeff Johns and John Berg were not the answers to the equation, and Joss Whedon wasn't the answer to the equation. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like that's very perplexing to me. Yeah. You're a lot of money and a lot of footage into the hole. I'll say this one more question and then we'll get into this crazy epilogue because Jesus Christ, I asked this to you, I think on Tuesday, do you think Warner brothers response to finally release the Snyder cut after all the fan backlash and abuse and threats from the fan DC crazy ass fan, they're fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of them, but like, Consider me tame. Okay. You think COVID-19 had a lot to do with, hey, like we're not churning out any films because the theaters are closed down. We're in bed with HBO Max or like, like we have, we're sitting on this four hour movie. Like, do you think like maybe now's the time to release this? Like, because it's fresh content. And I think the answer is yes. 
It's for sure yes. Let me give you one more theory as to why. Mm -hmm. Sooner or later, Mm -hmm. like I know Black Widow just got bumped again, everybody. So we're in June now with Black Widow, June 9, I think. We're going to do that film someday Mm -hmm. when it comes. Mm -hmm. There is an end coming to this at some point where people return to theaters and they're already back in some places, but I mean, like in mass. Yeah, absolutely. HBO Max has got to make good on the investment they made in that contract with Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. You're up against it. Time is ticking. I'll probably still keep HBO Max even when I go back to the theaters. It's a great streaming service. But if that's not on for months and months and months, yeah, I'm out. It's advantageous for you to put this out there. Because the next thing they have, everybody, is Mortal Kombat. No one, well, I shouldn't say no one. Very few people are rushing to see Mortal Kombat, although the Daily said it's a pretty good film. Or we got we got what we're doing next week is coming out next. Okay, so yeah, Godzilla versus Kong, and then, but there's there's I know what you mean. A ticking clock here that has just struck eleven p.m. <laughs> it's getting close. There may not be much run left. Well, think well, think about it. I mean, especially during this crazy ass time. They're the only ones putting out new content, film-wise. Yeah. I mean, Disney has their Mulan and whatever animated films, and you pay the premium for that. But Warner Brothers has turned out, like, six or seven movies out on this new platform. Like, I kind of think, like, in the Warner Brothers suits office, we're like, hey, get this thing out there because it's at least something new to get out there for the masses. How influential is the role of AT&T in this as well? Oh, the, the, the ones who funded this thing. So now we're starting to... Well, I don't know how involved Warner Brothers actually is because for those of you that don't know, Hollywood's completely insane. But Warner Brothers is owned by like three different companies. It's AT&T, Time Warner, and like Warner Brothers Studios is the film division of this. AT&T is the people that did Snyder Cut. Warner Brothers suits had nothing to do with this thing. And they've already come out and saying there's no plans to continue on with Snyder's sequels or a David Ayer cut of Suicide. They've already come out and held pat that there's no plans to continue on with this any further. If you serve three masters, Warner Brothers Mm -hmm. and DC properties, you're one of three votes. And maybe the other two just said, no, this is happening. No. It's a business at the end of the day. As much as the fanboys don't want to admit it, like it's a business. And I think there's a reason this finally saw the light of day. And it's, there was nothing to watch. We keep coming back to that with this franchise. Mm -hmm. The monetary element keeps rearing its ugly head. Somehow by the grace of God, whether it's Kevin Feige or Stan Lee or I don't know, Marvel mostly has managed to not get caught up in that. Yeah. What's crazy, though, is for the lack of heavy influence, there's some. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man's a great example with what that was and what it became, and but mostly that still worked out anyway. Yeah, sure. That franchise, that studio, has not suffered from the revenue piece, the ROI, that seems to be the eternal curse, the albatross around Warner Brothers' neck that makes everything such a chore mm-hmm. that they churn out having to do with DC. <laughs> it's weird. Marvel is free and it seems light and able to navigate those waters. 
and my God, DC is well, a I, ship anchored to a harbor of murky, dark money. I would especially say since uh, Nolan wrapped up his Batman trilogy, it's kind of been in this state, like of fair. not knowing like what to do with these characters. So let's get to this epilogue. Uh, so we get we get this kind of nice wrap up with the characters. I like montages with these types of movies, whether that's you know Dark Knight or the Avengers. Like I like seeing the characters. You know, we get the, a nice voiceover from Miles Dyson <laughs> uh, talking about Skynet. No, he's talking about some pretty good things actually, and we see where everyone's at at their current moment, and it wraps the film up nicely. But then we get not one, not two, but three, and I'm not even going to call them after credit scenes because the credits haven't even rolled yet. This is part of the movie. Let's talk about the first one. Mm-hmm. Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor breaking out of Arkham to have the scene that we had at the end of the theatrical, but it's a little bit different. Not work. It's personal. Ah, let me guess. An eye for an eye. You said you had something I'd want. You better not be wasting my time. Oh, and endure your wrath, Mr. Wilson. No, I wouldn't think of it. Uh, I have too much to live for and more important things to do. But if you want the Batman, here is something that can help you. His name is Bruce Wayne. Hmm. On second thought, we do have something to celebrate. Good boy. And then other than, again, fan service... We're never shown how Lex Luthor knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne. I can only assume because Batman's been telling he's everyone he's Bruce Wayne in this recruitment <laughs> uh, aspect of, of the Justice League. But you like that? You like what that's alluding to? Or is it like, again, it, it's more for me personally. Show, don't tell. Jesus Christ. I mean, like if the, all these heavy handed revelations and they're just people just talking like at free will. Oh, yeah, this is that. OK, we'll take it. I like it. They need one other presence on the boat. Mm. Not Sinestro, but they need some other presence that's Legion of Doom-like on the boat. And all he says to Slade is, I'd like you to meet whoever this is over here. Mm -hmm. And we see where we're going. Yeah. Manta. I feel like this was setting up whatever Ben Affleck was going to do in his Batman movie before that got shit-canned and then... We got the the Pattinson version now because it was going to be a Batman Deathstroke movie, which sounds kind of cool to me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like a mercenary Batman film. I don't know if that does anything for me. If anything, it gives me more questions than answers. And just it's it's more like you got to get a show me like Lex. How do you know that? When did you find that out? You've been in prison for the last uh, couple months. You didn't find that out in the last movie. I know that. What if whoever arrives off the boat mm-hmm. of the potential characters that you could involve in the Legion of Doom. Real quick, this is a tough question. Okay. Who is most likely to be able to uncover Batman's identity as I would, I would only say because it's the person that was able to figure out it's Hugo Strange from the Batman lore. It could be Hugo Strange. Why not? Yeah, why not? Doesn't have to be too crazy. It can be fairly simple. Mr. Strange. I don't often take meetings from people, but I heard you have some important information for me. He hands him this envelope, comes with a price. What's the price? And then whatever line Luther gives him. Well, I say that's a horse of a different color. (laughs) 
away we go. Yeah, that's enough. Yep. Instantly better. Yep. Maybe we should have wrote this movie. Oh, <laughs> God. I can't imagine the stresses of that. Uh, okay. Scene two. Nightmare dream. <sighs> Let's talk about this because this was the only, this in the scene that follows it and with Martian Manhunter, these were the only scenes that were refilmed for this version of the film. You can tell because because uh, Ben Affleck is noticeably slimmer in the mm-hmm. pants. Noticeably. <laughs> Again, like I said, like we're putting the cart way before the horse and setting up all these visions and premonitions about an inevitable future that's yet to come to be because we can't even tell the story to even get there to show figurine Batman, you know, talking about trying to find Superman and stop him and, and whatnot. And then if we hadn't seen enough of this guy, and I know you're not as hard on him as I am, but I'm going to be hard on him because Jared Leto shows up as a Joker, and I will say they at least fixed his look a little bit. Gone are the tattoos and the Hot Topic chic, and he's got this kind of like smeared blood red kind of lips. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the look. But the second he starts talking, I'm just like, oh, my. The, the, The first thing I need to go from all of these things, before Zack Snyder leaves the franchise, I need Jared Leto as far away from this thing as possible. And he's just so weird. I mean, he's just like, he's king weirdo. Uh, like other than like Paul Allen and American Psycho, he's never played a normal guy. Dallas Buyers Club, oh, it's, it's a transgender thing. Uh, Fight Club, yeah, blonde bleached weirdo in that movie, and now he's playing insane clown posse juggalo in, in as this Joker. Well said, yeah. And then he throws in some line there about fucking Batman in the ass about a reach, reach around. around. Like what? Like is this the joke? We don't need this Joker. The interesting things about this Joker are the stuff that's not shown to us, and it's the killing of Robin. Mm-hmm. Nope, it's just talked about in conversation. It's a little statue in the Batcave in BBS, and I want no part of this thing. I need this gone because this is fan service. Fan service is taking up so much of this runtime of this film, and I know you're you're nodding, and I'll, I'll let you go, but not a fan. Like, this, this whole sequence is just, and it's a dream, Matt. It's a dream. Right, another one, in which the joke. So he's teamed up with Mara Cyborg, the Flash, uh, Deathstroke. That's it. Those four. Mm-hmm. That's all that's left after Apocalypse has been set on Earth. Bad team. <laughs> Didn't have chance. Yeah, strange team. The Joker says one line in there mm-hmm. that the Robin lines throw away, but at least we're addressing the killing of Batman. Yeah, of Robin, mm-hmm. Jason Todd, right? Yep. He says, you can't kill me because you need me to undo all of this. There is no way that that crazy dude has any idea how to undo all of this. He doesn't even know where he's at. Like, what does that even mean? Because to undo all of that, the Flash tells Batman how to undo all of that in one of the other nightmare sequences. Yeah, the, the li- key is Lois. The line should have been, you won't kill me, Batman, because you need me because we're the same. Hey, I've heard that in another movie before. It was that one. Like that's that's the antithesis of the Batman Joker paradox. Instead, we get this weird back and forth between the two, and then it amounts to nothing because Bruce wakes up from his nightmare and is like, "Oh gosh, like this thing's this thing keeps happening." And it's like eight minutes long, Matt. Yeah. Um, look, I'm with you on all that. Jared Leto does look good. He's a good actor. I'll appreciate but that. But he also does Heath Ledger's version 
of the Joker for a minute in that too. And he, he does, right? Don't do what's come before. Like, I like, I know I wasn't high on the Joaquin Phoenix Joker film, but like, I give me that before you give me this. Like, that was at least different enough so I can like process that. I don't even know what the hell he's doing anymore. No, I'm with you. Why is it not the Red Hood? Yeah, it's like you said, it's just fanboy throw a cookie to the dogs to keep them happy. And of all the characters, like, because Deathstroke says, you sure it was a good idea bringing this guy along with us? He's like, what do you, and then Batman's like, what do you think? Yeah, it's not a good idea bringing this guy. Look how unstable he's been through this entire legacy of Batman. Like, you could have brought someone, like, unless he matters deeply, and we're never going to find out because we'll never get the answer. It's just tickling the fanboy uh, barometer. That dream ends with Superman landing. Oh, yeah. Here's where things get even weirder. Mm -hmm. Superman lands to attack the four of them, and he's back in the red and blues. Mm -hmm. Why? That doesn't make sense either. I want to know. He needs to be in the black still. Mm -hmm. For a comic book story, for legacy, for history. Huge mistake. But he wakes up from the dream. And Martian Manhunter pays him a visit on his stoop. Yeah. What do you think of this? I like the way that Martian Manhunter looks. I had the same question you did. We already brought it up. Like, mm-hmm. why now? When he says, I can't believe that the you finally assembled the team and you all came together. Well, shoot, man. If they hadn't come together and you were watching all this happen, you're a terrible hero. Yeah, Your you- name's the Martian Manhunter and you're just sitting there on the sides watching these people not form a team as hell breaks loose. We could have used you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know what he brings to the team per se. Cause he's kind of another Superman. Yeah. He kind of is. Yeah. And he's a shapeshifter. He's even better than Superman. So yeah. Like again, it's, he, a, he looks great. Like this he looks awesome. Yeah. I wish they would have saved his reveal for this moment here. Uh, instead of that weird scene with Lois and Martha Kent, but they're establishing grand things, and I think, again, I'll give Snyder some credit. I mean, maybe he knows, like, hey, I'm not going to get to make another one of these. I'm throwing everything at this thing, like any idea I had, any visual, and I'm just going to get it out there. What a waste, though. A little bit, yeah. Not that I'm so sad we're not going to see any more Zack Snyder Justice League parts four or five. But to tease everybody with the Joker and Martian Manhunter and these nightmare sequences and the Flash coming back in time, that's a different version from the Flash that we saw in this movie, mm-hmm. Zack Snyder's Part 3 JLA. It's just, it's, it's, just, it's just blue balls. It's just a waste. <laughs> There's nothing coming. And then finally, I do like this, map because I know how hard this has been on Snyder and just getting totally mm-hmm. screwed over by Warner Brothers and... You know, it's it would be a shame if all this footage never saw the light of day. There's all those stories about, you know, Eric von Stroheim's greed, and they just swept all that film into a trash can. Like, it's a shame when that happens in Hollywood because it, it is a very much a history of, like, what's made and what's not made. Uh, I do like that he finally, like, the stamp of, like, ending this thing was actually, like, a tribute to his daughter that committed suicide. Like, I thought that was that was very nice, so... And then four hours later, we find the fun movie finally comes to an end. So you have anything else you want to add to, to this? No. Let's get into some questions. What's your favorite tasting note of the whole Zack Snyder Justice League? I have to really like the scene where Wonder Woman decapitates Steppenwolf. Mm-hmm. It's a just end for that. And that's 
a good moment for her. I think she struggles sometimes between savage and tame. Mm -hmm. And the Amazonian her for the right purposes would absolutely decapitate her. And I find it a a fitting end to a fairly nondescript villain. (laughs) Pretty good. What's yours? Uh, Mine was, uh, I I like this fight with Superman. I mean, we got a little bit of that in the last film, but like we get a little bit more in, in this one. I like that glance he gives Batman when he's, Batman, you know, finished up in the the porta potty, and he decides to join the fight, and they like lock eyes, and they're like, "Whoa!" And Superman's like, "Hey, coming after you would mean a whole lot more in my fantasy version if that was the man that killed me." But I kind of like the stuff with the gauntlets, and they spend a lot of time setting that up, and he's about to do him in, and then Lois shows up. But I like the whole fight. I thought that was again, it could be a whole movie, but that moment de- definitely works for me. Okay. What's the? Moment of Zack Snyder's Justice League. So many to choose from, right? A lot. Superman's reveal in the black costume to me was that, oh my God, moment right now. If you ask me five minutes from now, it'll be different. Okay. That is so loaded to bring that into this. You've, I don't know what it is about Zack Snyder and why he hates Superman so much, but it goes back to the line that you said, not impressed. He just cannot do right by that character. To bring him back in the black suit, that right now is going to be my answer. Okay. There's a ton of other egregious stuff that happened in this film, but that to me, when I saw it, I just went, wait a second. Black, oh no. Oh no. Go. Good choice. Cheers. What can I pick? Joker's reach around, Gordon on the roof, yeah. the Midsomar singing choir. I have to pick Lois's potential pregnancy scene that was teased us because it's never talked about again. Yeah. So we just have to pretend that like, oh, I guess that didn't happen. And I can't go off of what Snyder said in a Vanity Fair article because that's not the movie. This is the movie. What's going on in that scene there? So that yeah. that's my moment. Those are big ones. Who's the master distiller on Zack Snyder's Justice League? (sighs) What if I told you it was Gal Gadot? Sure. It's got to be between her or Momoa. I think those two characters are really well cast. I think Ben Affleck and Jesse Eisenberg are horribly cast cast mm-hmm. and Henry Cavill somewhere in the middle. We had a discussion in wonder woman 84 is wonder woman, a good actress or is she just like exotic hot? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter today. I think she's the most believable of all the participants in this film with a close nod to Momoa. And I'm not even a Jason Momoa fan. I'm really not. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to Gal Gadot. Nice. It's not Zack Snyder, but I will say this. Can I give it? Well, maybe I'll say this already. Go ahead, your turn. Because I'm actually going to give it to Zack Snyder. Okay. So you've finally been given the go-ahead to complete this monstrosity. And you see it through to the end. You know what I mean? Like he has the nice tag at the end for his daughter. The one thing I've always appreciated about any Zack Snyder movie, whether that's 300, Dawn of the Dead, Watchmen, Sucker Punch, Man of Steel, the guy's ambitious. Like he has grand ideas and you do need that in filmmaking like you can't be so cookie cutter where you just you're copying and like redoing like everything like i've always appreciated his ambition when he sets forth to make a film 
the flip side of that is you do need some restraint at times and you do need a really well-structured screenwriter and a story. And he doesn't write a lot of his films. I mean, they're screen written by a lot of other people, but I'll give it to him. I mean, like I said, the crime of most films is this type of the heaven's gate footage of the, a lot of that's lost. A lot of like the stuff of like, you know, all these like stories, it's all just gone. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad this finally got to see the light of day in some format. And I bet the fans are happy. I'm happy that it happened because we can stop talking about it. Uh, but I'll give it to him. Like, I mean, this was, he got screwed over by Warner Brothers in the end, like, to just, like, completely hijack this thing. And if they wanted to hijack it, they should have done it before they said go. So I'll give it to him. I feel a little bad, too. Mm -hmm. We've kind of trashed, roundly trashed his movie for almost three hours now. It had to have been somewhat therapeutic Cathartic. to get back in there. Absolutely. Finish what he was fired from mm -hmm. and the pretense of his daughter and all that. So I think that's a good choice and good for you to give it to him. Good job. In saying that, how are you going to rate and grade the whole totality of Zack Snyder's Justice League from Rocket, Well, Call, Single Barrel, and Top Shelf? I told you midweek that I really wanted to go back and watch the sixth chapter mm -hmm. again. Because I felt like there was some pretty good stuff in there. Mm -hmm. Upon the second viewing, that hasn't changed. Okay. And I'm actually more steeled in that belief. Okay. That being said, okay. chapters one, two, and three aren't good. Four is a little bit better than one, two, or three. Five is slightly better than four. And six is a lot better than all of them. But the epilogue might be as bad as one, two, and three. It's well. I'm just going to give it well. If they could give me one more chapter that had the gravity, and maybe it's three. Yeah. Maybe it's three, because that's where we get the dark side sure. backstory. Sure. But that's kind of botched as well. Mm -hmm. So it's well. I will say this, though. I enjoyed this version all four hours more than the Joss Whedon version. Absolutely. Uh, I will say that. I will agree with you in that. It's a much more coherent story. It doesn't feel as rushed. Yeah. It's too long, and you asked me a great question on Tuesday. Would you rather watch the two-hour version or the four-hour version? I was like, oh, God. The four-hour one is a better-made movie. The two-hour one is shorter. I didn't think I have an answer, and I still don't know if I have an answer because I kind of don't know if I want to watch either again. I'm right with you. It's well. A step up from the pre predecessor. But so many things really bog this down for me. And the, the runtime is, what I think, what kills me at, at the end. I mean, like I said, this isn't Godfather Part Two. No movie should be this long. Uh, I don't care what director's cut or what anything you're making. Like, this is a long time to spend and ponder and ask more questions than answers. Uh, it's entirely frustrating because I think, honestly, in there, if you went and chopped it up and did things a little differently, there's a good movie in there mm -hmm. with the same people same actors and everything like there's something good in there. Uh, it's not in either version for myself. So maybe that's a perfect segue to our nightcap. Sounds good. Let's hit it. Excellent.
I dig it. I dig that Superman theme. Now that it's all said and done, Zack Snyder's Justice League's out there. The theatrical version's out there. All these Wonder Woman 84 and Shazam and Aquaman and Flash is in production and Matt Reeves' Batman with Pattinson. What in the almighty hell does DC do next? Like, do they continue on with the Snyderverse? Do they start over? Like, what, what next? We have to recast this role first. Mm. But if we can do that, then we get a true antagonist transformed into anti-hero story. Kick Jesse Eisenberg the hell out of this franchise. Give me somebody who's not 25 years old. Brian Cranston, I've been saying it. Take him. Yep. And let's just make a movie with him. I don't want the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Chasing down through an intellectual manipulation of the weakness of those characters and the construction of a street level team with enough bads that are introduced. Now you have Cheetah, you have Manta, you have Sinestro, you have whoever's going to be introduced in the Batman films. You even have whatever Joker you want. If you'd like to use that, (laughs) whatever one's there and have him construct six capable allies to make the Legion of doom. But if he does it for some purpose other than I'm the almighty and I just want to rule over rubble, like what we talked about with your version of justice, Alex Ross's Mm -hmm. justice, Mm -hmm. then you create an empathy in the antagonist. And there is an argument in here Mm -hmm. that maybe as much as I like Superman he might be too powerful for this world, and maybe there is an alternative way to think about justice. And if they structure it that's heavy-handed and a little self-righteous but intent on making something that keeps the world safer, I think I'm on board with that. Okay. But that's the first film. The next one is Lex as somebody other than Jesse Eisenberg going to whatever lengths. He, I don't want mother boxes. I don't want dark side. I don't want any cosmic. I just want. Yeah. Sinestro might even be a little bit too big to be honest mm-hmm. with you. The but you know where I'm yeah, going. Exactly. In. That's that's. I've wanted that from the word go. That's the next movie that I want. We're not going to get it though. Yeah. What do you want? I'm the exact opposite. I need a hard reboot at this point. Start all over. The only people I want coming back. Give me Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. Jason Momoa's Aquaman. You need to recast this whole thing and you just need to start from scratch. Maybe J.J. Abrams' new Superman film is a way to tap into the Kryptonian aspect of a t- the team member in that. But I need a new Flash. Give me a new Green Lantern that isn't Ryan Reynolds' disaster that that film is. And maybe Pattinson's Batman's a new answer to fill that role. It's a younger, a greener Batman, which could lead to a whole different news stories, but... My prognosis is you've screwed the pooch so hard in this thing that I think the only thing to do is you got to tell me some singular, cohesive stories for a couple of years before you even think of putting these people back together again. Like, I got to care about them. I can't do that in a four-hour movie. Like, I need, I need reason to. And you got to tell just, you got to establish these people. Marvel had the wherewithal to set up a Thor movie. I could give two licks in, in, a, in a bottomless uh, Wonder Twins bucket about Thor <laughs> when that film came out. But they made me care because he was going to matter coming up. They got to do the same thing with these other people. That's good. Yeah. 
But I like Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa. Like they figured out that casting works for me with mm-hmm. them. Ben Affleck's too old, and honestly, he every time he's on screen, he looks like he d- he wants to be somewhere else, back in Boston or whatever. Uh, get back to directing, man. Like he, like you've directed some good movies. Like fill that void. Uh, and Ezra Miller's fr- flashes um, is pretty insufferable at times, and I don't want Cyborg as as much as they made him matter a little bit more in this version. I want Green Lantern, you know, like, you know, find a way to like make me care about these people. Maybe that's the motto at the end of the day. It's good. And they're, they're doing some interesting thing. Like, I don't know, like this DC dark label, like, cause the Joker was like a new take R rated take on that character. If they can find like unique ways to tell ca- stories about these characters, but make good movies first. That's the only thing that matters. I'm a film fan. First fanboy Second, the movies matter more to me. And if you make a movie that caters to the fans without telling a, a, a good a good story and a good film, I'm not going to care about any of this bullshit. Amen. So, well said. Well said. So we'll see what they do. Like I don't know. Like Warner Brothers, like they just must just be shitting bricks all the time. Like again, if I could teleport fly Goldblum into the Warner Brothers office, I would love to sit there and just like hear the conversations they have. Wasn't the next release August? Isn't that Suicide Squad? James Gunn Suicide James Squad. James Gunn Suicide Squad. So yeah. that's the next DC thing we're getting. And then is the next thing after that Momoa's Aquaman 2? It's the Batman with Pattinson, March 2022. Unless it gets moved again. <laughs> I hope it does I don't think so. I think that one will stay. I think Warner Brothers stuff is like, because of the HBO Max model, they're staying put. Uh, but that's next. And then, I know Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot are in discussions right now for Wonder Woman 3. Oh, and goodness. I know that Momoa and The Trench are the rumored I know that's Aquaman happening. 2. And I know the other one is The Flash with... Ezra Miller with the multiverse. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Yeah, my boy Keaton coming back. What uh, if he's Lex Luthor? No, because he's Batman, Matt. <laughs> I know, but I can see it. I know. No, no, I don't want him. Not that Batman. Just yeah. let him be Lex Luthor. Yeah. No, I, he'd be a great Lex Luthor. Yeah. But he's the Batman. He is. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Jesus Christ. This has been an endeavor to get through the Suicide Squad, Justice League Whedon, Snyder, Two episodes. I don't know about you. I'm a little worn out from yeah. DC, like yes. Jesus Christ. Yes. So coming up next week, it's coming out next Thursday or Friday. I can't remember. But we're going to tackle something I've been dying to talk about since we started this podcast. And it's the King of the Monsters. Oh, we did do one of the King of the Monsters. It was a disaster for me. It was. <laughs> but I know you're excited. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. HBO Max, Godzilla versus Kong. Sign me up. Like the movie could be completely terrible but it, i'm excited at least to see them duke it out the cask is titled size matters Ooh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to kick it off with godzilla versus kong and then we will play with those two characters for the next upcoming oh weeks. it's gonna it's gonna it's be gonna be fun it's gonna be a lot of fun i i hope that movie's good at least just for our benefit because we've just been dwelling in garbage for a while yep uh but we don't get a lot of versus movies and films unless it's freddy versus jason and that's been a while and then the universal monster stuff was a long time ago so this doesn't happen often but i can't think of two better people to face off on screen i hope it's really successful because I want this franchise to be successful. This monster verse? And have lots of iterations going forward. Oh, we're going to talk about another cinematic universe next week. <laughs> the first two re- most recent entries of Godzilla have mostly been misses. Mm-hmm. King of the Monsters wasn't as bad for me as it was for you, but I don't think either one of us liked Godzilla, Godzilla, mm-hmm. swimming, Godzilla, swimming. Fingers crossed. 
But you liked uh, Gunk Skull Island. Sure did. Yeah, I did. I think I did too. Yep. Excellent. You got that coming next week. Uh, subscribe. Out. There's a lot of stuff happening on Patreon right now. Watch alongs, bonus episodes on Fight Club, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Go sign up so you don't miss out. Patreon.com slash Films. T Public for the, all the merchandise that you need to wear as you listen to us. Get Co- yourself a nice coffee mug as you drink as we drink. In and the a COVID mask. It's, it's, it's pretty good quality. I did get a COVID mask this week. It's fairly comfortable and looks good. Coffee mugs, laptop cases, phone case. I think I'm going to have to get a phone case here pretty soon just yeah. for my own benefit. Cool. But yeah, check all that out. And then iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher. Find us. Leave us a rating and review. We greatly appreciate all the feedback. Oh, we have a shot coming up this next week too, don't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you want to do that real quick? Sure. In the vein of March Madness basketball that's taking place, and we did this last year with the Marvel MCU and re ranked them 1 through 16. Well, Matt and I found one through 16 with the DC films, and we're going to give them the same treatment. That's going to be a hell of a discussion. (laughs) So we kind of set that up before this one. We're going to go in one versus 16, two versus 15, just based on earnings. That's so we're going to seed it into four brackets and then we'll play it out and uh, post that and see what you guys think. It's going to be wild. I can't believe Snyder or Whedon's Justice League made this round to 16, but sleepers constantine no way. oh yeah the sleep yeah we got to check that out and whedon's justice league is getting bounced in the first <laughs> round i don't care what anybody says excellent cheers matt cheers Justin. cheers i gotta get going i gotta go speed force around this house so i can erase all of this from my memory but not really because i'm glad it happened but i'm glad it's over so we can move on to greener pastures my alarm school's going off i get to get home and turn it off i think <laughs> excellent we'll see you all next week have a good week everybody we'll see you in the dark Thank you for listening to Rye Smile Films. For more Rye Smile content, go to patreon.com slash Films for exclusive bonus episodes, plus feature-length watch-along commentaries on your favorite movies and TV show recap episodes covering the best from the small screen. For Rye Smile Films merchandise, go to tpublic.com. Zack Snyder's Justice League is property of Warner Brothers Pictures, DC Films, Atlas Entertainment, The Stone Quarry, and HBO Max. And no copyright infringement is intended. Until next time, cheers. But all you have to do is tear it half, and I'm happy to discuss with you in any way like why you sent a boy wonder to do a man's job. You know, it's funny. You can talk about people who died in my arms. Because when I held Harley Quinn and she was bleeding and dying, she begged me with her last breath that when I killed you and make no mistake, I will fucking kill you, that I do it slow. I'm gonna honor that promise. <laughs>